Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. And today we are sitting down and chatting with Danielle, who you may know as Bay State Blonde or Bay State Boutique Consignment on Instagram. Welcome, Danielle, to Thrifters Villa. We are excited to sit down and chat with you, especially because you're local to me. It makes me even more excited to chat with you. <laughs> Jen, you're no longer a New Englander, so I bye. Know. See you later. <laughs> Wow. That goes to show you those New Englanders. Oh, please. <laughs> they're pretty tough. They're, but yes, yes, we. I know there's a special place in both of our hearts for any of our New England resellers. Yes. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Um, so I guess let's just start from the beginning because some people probably don't know who you are and you have a really great account and story and things going on for you. So why don't you tell everyone how you got started? who you are, what's reselling to you? How'd you even get into it? All that fun stuff. All the fun stuff. Well, thanks yes. for having me. Um, yeah. So I feel like it's a very similar story of how I got into reselling as most people did. Um, but I feel like mine might be a little bit backwards in a way. So um, I, during the p- pandemic, so this was um, in, when was this? February of 2020. I had just moved. I had to move from basically the North Shore of Massachusetts to the South Shore for my um, job. And, you know, then the pandemic happened and it was probably like, I don't know, April-ish. My cousin was like, she's like, Danielle, this is crazy that you do not have an Instagram. I never had an Instagram. I'm very like late to the game. Yeah. I didn't have it really two years ago. Yeah. Um, so I was like, fine. Cause she's, she's so funny. Cause she's like, I want to send you memes and you don't have it. And you're like ruining my life. <laughs> because that's what everybody was doing is they yeah. were just, they were just like sending people memes. Yeah. I was like, oh, fine. Um, so I finally downloaded Instagram, right. And created just a personal account. Still had no idea what reselling is. Um, so I'll backtrack a little bit. And this was probably like a year before I had downloaded Poshmark. I had lost some weight. And so I was trying to get, um, my clothes listed, you you know how we all do like snap crappiest photos. Um, (laughs) I didn't really think anything of it. I was just happy to get rid of stuff. Um, so I think because I had the Poshmark app on my phone, Instagram, the algorithm, right? They were like, oh, you must like Poshmark. So I stumbled upon the reselling mm-hmm. community on Instagram. And I was like, what is this world? <laughs> Once yes. I found it, I was like, wait, 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 wait. People are literally like getting paid to shop. Like, how, mm-hmm. how do I, what, how do I do this? <laughs> yeah. Sign me up right now. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just kind of dove in and I was like, I just watched and learned and it was probably like maybe two months where I was like, okay, today is the day I'm going to go to a thrift store and like, look for clothes to resell. I hadn't even been into a mm-hmm. thrift store in my area. Cause I was new to the area at all. Like I had to Google where even the Goodwill was. You know? <laughs> um, and I remember my first time I ever went in, you know, I didn't really know anything. The very first thing I found, like you guys are going to die. Mm-hmm. A Reformation dress. What? With what? on it. Yes. No. With a text on it. Oh the my first gosh. Thing I found. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. then you she was like, hooked. Yeah. You're like, this <laughs> is a sign. I, I, this is, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh my gosh. It, yeah. If that like, if that's not a sign, I don't know what is. <laughs> and the funny part is like that thrift store is actually pretty crappy. Like I, I was just like, 
it, it was like all things aligned, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. I think it's so interesting that you didn't have Instagram at all. At all. Yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. Kind of an old soul that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know as, as I have grown, Instagram has definitely, like, if it wasn't for the reselling one, I would never be on it anymore. Like, that's the only reason I'm even on Instagram is because of that. My personal page has been neglected for the last three years. years, years <laughs> it just years. sits there. Yeah. I have messages um, from, like, friends from, like, 45 days ago. I'm like, whoops, sorry. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> hey, are you still alive? I'm good. Yeah. I'm here. Just <laughs> doing my thing over here with reselling. Um, So... All right. So you were selling your own things. You went in the thrift store. You started to like look around. You find some stuff. You list it. Was Poshmark like your only go-to place? Or did you, once you started diving into more content where you're like, okay, let me try to venture into this. So like, what were your experiences being a newbie and all this during the pandemic? Because you kind of came in and I feel like a lot of people came in during this time, but you came in where like, it was, it was not easy to be sourcing at that time. It was very difficult. Right. Sourcing that is, I mean, I know we'll get into this, but that has been the challenge. Um, and is why I've made a pivot, but, um, yeah, so, um, I only knew about Poshmark. Um, so I just focused on that and like, I was, you know, I was like, woohoo. So I made double my money, you know, I bought it for six, I sold it for 12, like, you know, just like little things like that. And then probably like maybe six months later where I came across, somebody was doing a, um, course, as they do. Um, but it was very, very pricey. And I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I should do it. I hemmed and hawed. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. Like mm-hmm. I need to learn a lot about this. I'm a newbie. I really enjoy it. I don't want to be wasting money. And it's just a side thing for me. Like I, I didn't like right. depend on it my family. Like, so it was like a big investment and I did that. And I will tell you, I am so thankful that I did that course. Now I know that there are a lot of courses, so you do need to be picky. And I don't think every course is for everybody. But I will say that is one thing that I still like to this day, that was what, two and a half years ago, I use things that I learned in that course still in my business. So it was great for me and really kind of launched me um, into reselling. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's really, that's really cool to hear. Cause I think a lot of people do hear about courses, you know, And, and sometimes I think people are a little bit worried, like, should I do it? Should I not? So I think your advice of, you know, like, looking into the course, seeing if it will work for you kind of thing, and that you do have a positive experience with it. Um, it's, you know, I think really refreshing for some of our listeners to hear, to hear that. Cause I think a lot of people do, they, they go into it and they're like, I need help and I need tools. And I know there's a lot of information out there, but how do you pare it down? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do think, you know, like I said, and I took other courses as well, even after I did that course, um, to see what else I could pick up. And I guess I will say like, you do get what you pay for, uh, like with mm-hmm. anything. And so, um, I, that would be my mom mindful, but honestly, like if you are a new reseller and you are listening, do not feel like you have to purchase a course. Like there is so much information. It just may take you longer to learn that information. Right. So mm-hmm. you can get there one of two ways. Um, so yeah, very true. Agreed. Like anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think there's some really great content creators in our community that have designed well thought out courses or they have well thought out consulting services, all of that. It does exist out there. I know people have had some negative experiences out there, but you're hearing it firsthand. There are some good tools out there that you can come across. And if you don't want to make the um, monetary investment right now, because you just can't, that's okay. YouTube, Instagram, podcasts, you can get all your content there for free from lots of creators 
that all appreciate the support. Um, okay. Where would you classify yourself as a seller? Like what are the things you focus on? Do you only do clothing? What's that look like for you? Uh, yeah, good question. So, um, I would say like, I'm very lucky. So I am, um, probably about 30 minutes outside of Boston and we have really good stuff in our thrift store. Like, I don't think people understand how good Boston thrifting is. Like oh, people, mm-hmm. Jen, Jen's rolling mm-hmm, her eyes. Like, mm-hmm, yeah, tell me about yeah it. <laughs> I know. I know all of this. It's yeah. like that, that and fall are the two things that I miss. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So that is like great um, to be able to have that stuff. Now I, I will say, I, I don't, I, you know, pricing wise can be uh, maybe a little bit higher. You again, you get what you pay for, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, and I would focus, I mean, I focus on things that are going to turn me up, um, are going to sell for $40 and higher. So mostly yeah. women's okay. clothing. Um, I really never look at the men's section rarely ever. And I don't have the space to do hard goods, even though I do like hard goods. I just, that's not something I do. So clothing and shoes and primarily women's. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, sense. well, that's where Jen and I fall too. It's women's yeah. My, I try to keep, well, I can't even say that $40 and above. I, my goal is really like $75 and above, but it's been harder mm-hmm. lately to acquire those kind of items. And I know, I know Danielle, we've had this conversation. I've had this conversation with Jen too. It is getting harder and harder to find those pieces that are going to bring you that like 65 to 85 to hundred in that range, like price, like total, um, profit. Um, because the thrifting is so good in our area and so many more people now have been turned on to thrifting, whether they're selling mm-hmm. or they're just buying for themselves because of social media, it is getting more difficult. And the prices have increased significantly, significantly. Yes. between Rhode Island and Massachusetts. I can wholeheartedly say because I source in both and Connecticut too. Um, it's very expensive now to source out here. Yeah. I, I was just in a uh, savers over kind of by the Rhode Island Massachusetts line today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. $13 for jeans. Like yeah, that's like the average price. What? Yes. Like, Oh yes. my gosh. Yeah, um, it's, getting out, it's getting out of control. Definitely. It is out of control. <laughs> um, yeah. So today I went to one of the savers um, that are local and they had a pair of Tory Birch uh, loafers, I guess they were in the case. I hate. I, I I took the case just to see what they put in there. Yeah, fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. You could buy those on the real real for fifty. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's Thank the thing. You. Well, a lot of these, a lot of these goodwills and savers and thrift stores, I think that they just they're thinking of themselves as resellers now, and that's really the reality of it. You know, because you do you see those prices and a lot of these prices, you're like, why fifty dollars? It's like I can just go buy that in better condition somewhere else. And you know, and I'm actually looking for my size as opposed to just like the you know the random one mm-hmm. pair of size that you kind of get. So that is kind of interesting that it's definitely I, I think that that's happening across the board. And I think that is a definitely a challenge that a lot of our listeners and a lot of people in reselling are finding, um, you know, which, you know, I think is what prompted us to also want to talk to you, you know, because about like different ways on how to, you know, like you said, source or to sell or anything, because the game is changing, right? Yeah. Um, when it comes mm-hmm. to reselling, like more players are trying to get into it. Um, and it's not just individual people, it's stores, it's companies, corporations are getting into this kind of thing. So, um, you know, with your focus, like you said, mostly on like men or women's items and everything, um, 
you know, we wanted to talk, you know, what kind of prompt you then into this idea of, of consigning? Um, well, the biggest limitation that I had, like I said, right, we have great mm-hmm. stuff around here. My biggest limitation was finding the time to be able to go to the thrift store because mm-hmm. I work yep. a normal kind of, I don't want to say it's a normal nine to five job. I, I kind of set my own meetings, but generally between the hours of nine to five. Um, so I'll try to like maybe space them apart and see if I could pop in, but pretty much I was limited to sourcing, um, Friday nights because the savers by me is open till like seven or eight. So after work, I would go to Savers. And that's also when I realized this took me probably a year to realize I'm not <laughs> maybe the brightest. Um, this took me like a very long time to realize this. Um, but they restock on Fridays. So they restock they Friday do. nights into Saturdays. Yes, so that's why, yes. So that's where I found, okay, I'm going to go Friday nights. I would find probably like maybe, I don't know, 12 to 15 items. And then I would go on Saturdays to the Goodwill. Um and source them, but you know, and so probably throughout the whole weekend, you know, and I would go to Goodwill to Goodwill to Goodwill. So Saturdays, like I'm whole day, oh. you know, when they're right in the open, hit a bunch of Goodwills and went home. I would probably end up with like 30 items. Yeah, that like, sounds about right. Mm-hmm. On a, you know, and so, but so stunt by Sundays, the Goodwills are closed and the Savers is picked over and they don't restock on Sundays. So really Friday nights and Saturdays are my only two times to, to source. Because, um, and again, like when I'm done work at five, the Goodwill's close at like five or six. Like I can't really do that during the week. So anyway, long story short is that my, I knew that I could grow this because I was doing really well. I was finding good things. I was, I knew my brands. I knew what to pick up. I knew how to list. I knew all of that, but I was limited by the quantity that I could source. Um, I did the math, I crunched the numbers and I, I would really like to go full time. Right. I would really, really like to do this. And before I would make the leap, I'm like, I need to be making that before I make the leap. Right. So how else can I get more inventory? Mm -hmm. And so that turned into consignment. How did you go about, I guess, the consignment process? Because I'm sure people are listening like, okay, great. You started consignment, but like, how did you even attempt that? that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just start. Like, that's it. Just start. Um, so the first thing I needed to do, and I had, and I, I, I was guilty of this, right? I'm like, I want to do this. I don't know how, where do I even start? So the first thing I did was I was like, I first need a contract. I need to know what am I paying clients? What, what's the process? What does that look like? And so I Googled like local consignment stores by me. You can even find, they have a lot of their contracts right online on their website. I pulled bits and pieces from those, um, kind Sorry. of tweaked it, made it my own. And I'm like, okay, now I have a framework for what my clients can expect. Now I just need clients. Um, and so I literally did that in like one day, <laughs> like I that's just because you're business minded, Danielle, that's yes, why. Yes. And I also do very well under pressure. Um, <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> um, so yeah. So then uh, once I had that, I felt like I could really start marketing. Um, so I created my Instagram page just for consignment and within, I don't know, a couple weeks, um, I made a connection with, she's actually a local fashion blogger and she was my first client. And wow. when I tell you the amazing stuff, she, she messaged me and she was like, Hey, um, do you sell, do you sell people's clothes on like Poshmark and stuff? And I was like, yes, that's exactly what mm-hmm. I do. She's like, I need your help. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Perfect. <laughs> done. So yeah. So I started with her and it just, I mean, honestly, it just takes one and then it'll snowball from there, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, it's great to have a fashion blogger as your first client. That's amazing. <laughs> Not very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. But that's great. But I, I guess that just goes to show you as long as you market yourself, whether that's using Nextdoor, Facebook marketplace, whatever it is you want to use to market yourself, Instagram, TikTok, Reels, I don't care what it is. As long as you're marketing yourself, someone's going to find you and it's going to start that connection. And then it's just going to keep growing and growing from there. I use this example all the time is during the pandemic, um, next door was like the place to go to find things when everything was shut down. And like, we were all running low in inventory and we had no idea when the thrift stores were going to open again. So we all kind of took to next door and I made connections with three individuals who live relatively close to me. And every so often over the last two and a half, going on three years almost, they still send me messages and like, hey, I have a bunch of stuff. Do you want it? And whatever I don't use, I sent a thread up. However, I want to send it. I yeah. donate it. And the rest of the stuff I sell myself. And like, they are so thrilled to give it to me. But those are connections yeah. that I made. And now they've told their friends too. So they like house their friend's stuff. They give me their stuff. And I just pick it up and I keep going. But you just never know who you're going to encounter when you do that. Right. Right. It's just opportunities are everywhere. I think they are. Yeah. I think there's something about, you know, women, right? Like women helping other women. And I just love that piece. And, um, you know, and it's whether that's I'm helping her, you know, because she doesn't have time because she has three kids and, you know, all of that stuff, or whether it's helping them get some extra income from selling their clothes or whether that's just like literally women helping women by, Hey, I don't wear this dress anymore. Could somebody else use it? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just love that whole piece of it too. So, yeah, like, help, help save me a trip. I don't feel like going to the Goodwill to go donate this stuff. Can someone just come and literally take this task off my hand, kind of thing? Yeah. Right? And that's what How I did... realized. Like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but that's what I realized. Like I said, I, I got very lucky with her being my first client, but I drove to her house. She lives at less than 15 minutes. And it's funny because it's actually right by the savers that I go to. Um, <laughs> you're like, oh, you're like, like wait, wait, but she literally had like, I think it was four humongous trash bags full of stuff, probably over a hundred items of clothing, obviously went through it. I, I didn't accept everything, but I ended up accepting like 83 items. And I thought to myself, this oh, would God. take three weekends, three to get and I got that in one I mean drive there pick them up come back it was 45 minutes at tops and not even like you're not even counting the time that day would have cost you know what I mean that you would have been in that store hunting for those items it's not even the day it's the hours too of like sifting through all the racks right yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so um that's when I was like bang this this is something this is really something this is how I grow nice mm-hmm. that sounds so nice I want to have that problem I want to have like four bags of clothes where I'm like I don't need this anymore look at all my stuff <laughs> <laughs> you really Take it. You would have it right yeah, sure. I'm like I got I got my old navy stuff there sitting there and I'm just like <laughs> I'm like this is gold no one can have it <laughs> I know I know um I guess my next question then would be 
how did you figure out? So I know you pulled the contract and everything, but like, how did you figure out what your time was worth and how much and how, what that breakdown would be, you know, in terms of what the client gets and what you get? Good question. Um, I tried to keep it pretty similar to what I had like items that I would source. Right. So, um, because I am splitting that profit with the client, I decided to do, um, a 40, 60 split. Um, I would say most places around here do a 50, 50. The -hmm. reason I did 40, 60 is because a lot of the places around here are just brick and mortar and they are not selling online. So because of that piece, but however, my 40, 60 split is before fees. So after fees, it really does work out to 50, 50. Um, so, so it's very, very similar, but, um, and then in terms of what I am going to accept again, it's would I, would I have thrifted this? Um, so I would, I would say probably, and I'm still kind of toying with this. Um, but I would say probably it would have to sell for more than $30, right? Cause if it sells for 30, what is 40% of 30? Gosh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's after 5 p.m. It's fine. Right. Let's call it 12, right? If I sell it on Poshmark, I'm getting 24. So her and I are each getting $12. Now, again, I really, before I came up with this contract, I really did a time audit, which I really recommend every reseller do. Um, Yes. I love this. I literally Mm -hmm. timed myself. How long does it take me to photograph? How how long does it take me to ship? How long does it take me to list? Um, And like, what is my time worth? And then again, using like, okay, how long was I outsourcing and how many items did I get? So I knew on average how much time it was taking me per item. Right. Oh, so I love it. Mm-hmm. organization, is- you're like speaking our love language. Love it. We're like, oh, organization. Organized chaos, you know. <laughs> no, no. But, but I think it's so important. This is something that doesn't get talked about enough in, in the recent, Jen and I preach this all the time, but you know, this is just me and Jen preaching this. You need to know how much time you're spending in each thing. Just think about any job. Your time is valuable. So you need to know how much time you're spending on each task to figure out what your wage is, whether that's hourly, however you want to calculate that out. Once you know that, then you can factor in everything else, the fees, the cost of goods, all of that. And then you have a true picture of how much money you're actually making doing this. Correct. Yeah. So, so important. And, you know, that really allowed me to, because I was just getting such volume and I wasn't to your point, Jen, I wasn't spending time thrifting through mm-hmm. like going to the thrift store. I can be a little bit more, I can accept more items. Right. And I can accept, um, maybe a lower price point items because I'm not spending as much time. Exactly. Now, of course, like I said, I am splitting the cost, but, um, so I factored all of that in, but it also builds your relationship too, right. With your, with your, clients, right? When you're picking more stuff and they're saying, wow, you know, she's grabbing more things than maybe like the local, you know, buy, sell, trade store would have, or, you know what I mean? And so it's like, because like you said, you have that opportunity to have an online presence as well as having, you know, we'll talk a little bit about more about maybe having something more physical. Um, you know, you are, have a wider audience that is going to see these pieces. And that's definitely something that is a big competitive advantage, right? Over a lot of the local smaller or even bigger, um, buy, sell trade stores or consignment stores. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely use that. And it's, um, in my marketing, um, like, Very you know, nice. I pull the stats, like how many users are on eBay, how many users are on Poshmark, all of the stuff. And that I mean, that's just a selling point to, to clients. Like, and my goal is to, whatever I take in, my goal is to sell that every single thing I take. 
Um, so it, it becomes a whole another level of like stress when you're selling on behalf of somebody else. Like when, when I get offers and it's on like, let's say I'll get an offer on Poshmark and it's my client's stuff. I'm like, Oh gosh, like, you know, should I accept it? Should I counter? Like, I don't want to mess this up, you know, but, um, definitely, definitely. I've had that. Like Danielle and I, like we said, we've done that kind of before with consignment with other people. And yeah, you're just like, okay, I need to like, you know, ping, oh, ping, see, I'm like, ping my person and tell them like, okay, like, uh, well, can you accept this offer? Like, what do you think? Like, should we go more? Should we go high? And then sometimes, you know, there is that little bit of back and forth on it. So it's just different elements that you have to deal with, right? When you're um, dealing with selling other people's stuff. Right. But if, it, you know, like you said, but so there's so much benefit towards it. And like, again, you're getting so much more stuff and so much more time back too. Yeah. From your, for your business. Mm-hmm. Speaking about time, because all three of us can relate on this creating balance when you're working full-time out, you know, not reselling full-time and then doing reselling and how complicated and convoluted that becomes because now your weekends are just, you don't have a weekend anymore because your weekend is now focusing on doing this side hustle, this second job, whatever you want to call it, this business that you have, that's when you're doing it. Any of the off time that you have, uh, after work and then on the weekend is your time to source. Cause that's my only time really to source, unless I want to dedicate time when I leave work and like rush over to a thrift store before they close and hope that they put stuff out and no one else grabbed it. Like there's that whole side of it. How have you dealt with the struggles of that Danielle? Because, and you know, you kind of already alluded to it. You only had those days Um, But how did you handle that like constant pressure of like, all right, I need to make sure that I'm going at these times on these days, I need to acquire these many items, like how how did you deal with all that? Or how do you deal with it, I should say? Um, Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm tired a lot. Yeah, (laughs) same. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but you know, there's not there was never this pressure to, you know, I have to make a certain amount of income, right. Which is nice. I just, I just love it. Like Mm. I just love it. And so honestly, any free time, I was happy to do that. Right. So, um, that's kind of how, you know, it it was easy for me, but I, I will tell you, I am so jealous. Whatever anybody on Instagram would be like death pile, this death pile that I'm like, I wish I had a death pile because I would be like, you know, especially as summer started to come, I was like, as much as I love thrifting, like I love the beach. I don't want to be in a thrift store every single Saturday. Um, beach. Right. So I wanted to stock up. So I started doing a little bit more online, um, sourcing, not a ton. I'm still not honestly super, super comfortable with it, but I have done a ton of a little bit of that, but yeah. Mm -hmm. so, So I've tried to fit that in like in between meetings, lunch breaks, cause I'm on the road for work. So that's actually been nice. And I will say the other thing, um, two that I did was don't just, I mean, yes, going to your same sources that you know are great are good, but don't be afraid to venture out. And I know you just actually talked about this, but I kid you not. My town is very small. I lived here for like a year. Didn't even know we had a thrift store in this town. Like uh, clearly they're not, they're not marketing very well, but it took me like a year of living here to realize. You know, a lot of them it. don't, a lot of them like, don't like sometimes like just do a simple Google search. You never know. There might be some like hidden gem in your yes. town that you have no idea about. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that like, those were good to find like ones. And so they would have like one day where they're open later. And then there was this church one that I found. They're like only open certain 
in like months and then they closed for the summer. It's very random, but like started working those in that were closer to me so that I could maybe go on a lunch break or I could go after work and make it work. So I started to kind of incorporate that. So I would say, don't be afraid to branch out and like Google, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Google will tell you a lot. And I think the other thing, Jen and I just had an episode on this a couple of weeks ago, I think maybe it was a couple of weeks ago when we talked about strategies about being in the thrift store. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that for for me, I know in particular is the benefit of not spending as much time in certain thrift stores is knowing what the colors are of the week, understanding yeah. what the sales are, knowing when they stock items, when they don't stock items. All you have to do is ask. They don't need to know what you do. They don't need to know anything. You can just simply ask and say, what's your sales structure look like? Do you have colors that are on sale? How does that rotate? And when do you typically stock? Those are very basic customer questions that you can ask. And that gives you a good idea of, is it worth it for me to go on these days? Should I wait a little later in the week? Maybe if I have half a day one day, I can pop in and go at lunchtime and see what that's like. A lot of it's really taking that time to investigate it, get a good idea and just have that strategy in place. So you're not, you don't feel like you're running yourself ragged and going all the time to all these different places. And now you have no spare time at all. Like, And then you would said online sourcing too, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Find different ways, find different stores that you can acquire inventory that you really enjoy. It might come at a higher cost, but understanding what that process looks like. It, thrift Traditional thrift store shopping is not the only way to get inventory. Correct. That's basically what it comes down to. Correct. Yeah. Very nice. Um, okay. Let's talk about the big reason why we're here today and why this whole consignment thing even came up. And that's that Danielle is opening up a consignment store. She's doing it. We're so excited for her. Mm-hmm. I can't wait because when it opens, I'm taking a trip and I'm well, taking a trip. I'm driving the hour and, <laughs> and <laughs> it's a day trip and I'm going to go and I'm going to see it. Um, so let's talk about like, so you started doing consignment. You have this, these consignment clients and then was it like an instant, I need to do this in a brick and mortar or like, how, how did we go about this? Gosh, I don't, I wish I knew the answer to that question, but <laughs> I was like, you know, cause I, I had met with actually, and this is a good tip for anyone that's um, thinking about doing um, consignment. I had actually met with a, she's a local wardrobe stylist. So basically she Ooh. helps women edit their closets. Right. And I'm like, uh, I'm sure she could refer me some people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you do need to stay on top of these people, but just network, network, network. And we'll, we'll get into how networking has really helped me, um, with the store. But, um, so anyway, I met with her and she was like, well, do you have a store? You know, do you have like, where can people go? And I'm like, you know, so that kind of got me thinking like, "Hmm," you know, like maybe I'll look into it. And I never had this dream like you, like I never had this dream to like open a store and like own a store and never, but I do have a dream to do reselling full-time. Um, however, I think one of the things that people say about full-time reselling is it can be lonely, right? Which, which makes mm-hmm. sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And I am single, I live alone, it's me and my dog. Um, I think that that was when I thought about, hey, maybe I open a store, like having that interaction with people walking in, I think that that is the perfect blend for me um, to be able to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that. No, Jen, really can, nice. Jen can relate to the loneliness of reselling because she was a oh. full-time seller. Yeah. I was. Yeah. For a long time. So it does. It, it, it's yeah. Like you said, and if you 
also, you know, for people who may have other jobs, you know, they might also work from home. So we tend to, you know, stay home a lot. So having that, that extra interaction and working with others, I think it's a very appealing thing, but I mean, that's really, really exciting that you're going to be, you know, opening up the store after, you know, you've worked with all these different clients and you've kind of networked. So you kind of touched a little bit on that, right. On networking. So what does networking look look for you? Cause Danielle and I, like we've talked about that and what that's looked for us, but I think a lot of people don't think about like reselling and networking. I think a lot of people think of maybe if, if they do think of networking, they might think of like maybe at Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder posh get togethers, getting yeah. to know, you know what I mean? Like other, other resellers, but we're talking eBay about networking. Kind of yeah. Stuff. Like we're talking yeah. about like networking for your business, business for people right. who are going to be buying from you. So what does, what does that kind of look like for you? Well, um, so I started, um, my career is um, in insurance sales. Uh, I know not, not the most exciting thing I can, I, <laughs> um, so that is what, how I started networking. I had to, you know, I had to bring in my own clients. Right. So um, I joined networking groups. I did all of that and just met some fantastic people. And so I knew that that is, and so now my job is basically um, helping other agents like grow their business. Um, and so that is one of the things that is so pivotal into how I was successful in insurance sales. So I knew that I wanted to keep it a part of my business, like not even wanted, just like, it was so crucial to always be networking. And I went to this networking event. It was um, in Boston, maybe a a month or two ago. And it's like, I didn't want to go. It was like, you know, I was driving in rush hour. I had to find parking, like yada, yada, yada. I didn't know anybody. Um, Just go because, um, it, force yourself to go, like set yourself a goal of like, I'm going to do one a month or I'm going to do whatever works for your schedule. Like just set yourself a goal and then maybe even try to find a buddy for the first time or whatever. Yeah. Um, it can be intimidating to go. Um, but somebody said this and this, uh, stuck with me at that networking event. They said network before you need to network. So like if I need a graphic designer to design a logo for my business, I want to already, cause things move fast, right? I'm in commercial real estate now with the lease for the store. Um, things move very, very quickly. And so the good thing is because I have been networking for years, I had those people in my back pocket that I can mm-hmm. and call. And so, it, like I said, it is so important to just be networking. You never know who you're going to meet and you never know who you're going to need and you're never know going to know who needs you. So mm-hmm. that was my, I love that. Love that. Yeah, it's so true. I like I said, I don't think like a lot of people in reselling think like, why would I go to a networking group? It's like because you're a business. Yeah. Right. You yes. you are a, a even if you're a home based business, you are a business and you're gonna need to grow eventually someday, right? If that's what you want to do for your business. And it's you start networking and like you said, you just never know who you're gonna meet there. You can meet potential clients for yourself too, you know, and 
And I, I, I did the same thing that you did. You know, I, I went into some networking groups too when I first started reselling and I found it so incredibly helpful because like you said, you meet a lot of different people who have maybe different strategies yeah. and it's about presenting yourself. Like, yes, you can be like, well, I only sell like used clothes online. It's like, no, you are an entrepreneur. You do so much more than that. You know, like you said, you, uh, I would say, always say like, you know, I sell secondhand clothing online. That's what you do, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and, and it was like, I work with other individuals. Like you said, they help you with like your branding, your logo, photographing. Maybe there's a photographer there that you can get tips from, like on how to photograph your stuff a little bit better. Um, And then that's where I found a lot of my consignment clients on there because they would say, oh, that's what you do. Do you sell for other people? Because there's a lot of people out there who just don't want to deal with it. But now they know that there is money in their closets and they don't want to as easily, I think, give it up as they did before, but they don't know where to start and they don't have the time because they're so busy running their own business to do this. So there's the opportunity, right? Yeah. You're just, you're, you're talking to like-minded business owners, you know, you're talking to, so if let's say you have, you come across a problem in your business, right? It's bound to happen. Let's be honest. Yeah. You now have a group of people who are doing maybe not the same field, but they've probably come across a similar problem. Hey, how did you handle that? Um, so it's just, I could not preach that more. Um, network, 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 you know, even if you're like this person, I mean, there's no way they could be, be a benefit to my business. You never know. You don't know who they know. Um, so you, you just, you don't know what's going to happen. So how did yeah. you find these network events or how would you tell someone to go about finding these events? Because I know that there are some here locally to me, there's women owned business events. There's, um, and they're like specific groups that you can join that are women specific and they're business owners and they come together monthly, weekly, however it is, there's these, there's these bigger ones. I can't think of the name of them off the top of my head, but they meet at different hotels, basically in their conference rooms. And they, there's mm-hmm. all different people there. There's painters, construction workers, architects, everything you can imagine all in one room. And they just kind of bounce ideas off each other and share and say, Hey, I have this going on. Do you have any clients that would be interested in this? And they share that kind of stuff. So how would you, how did you go about finding these networking events? Um, this is going to sound crazy. Google. Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I would also say, so obviously Google, right. But, um, I would also say like, um, check out like your local town events. Um, and some towns are better than others. Right. But like my town, it's very, very small. Um, but they have, um, a chamber, uh, the chamber of commerce, I think yep. most of them do. Yep. And they have like a monthly, like they'll get together a, a business and do something. So like, I'm going to go to the next one and you don't have to be a member of the chamber, um, to go. So, um, just Google, start with your, you know, your chamber of commerce, Google online, whether it's, whether you want to do women's networking or business networking, either one. Um, there are, plenty. There are some that you can even are still doing just online options. You know, you can do like a zoom meeting with people. Um, so that might be like dipping your toe in the pond, you know, if you're not yeah. like, Oh, people like that's scary. <laughs> yeah. you, know, do a zoom meeting and you can go that way. Yeah. I think people just never think about, I, I shouldn't say never. I don't think people realize that their reselling business is an actual, you are a business owner. You right. are a business it may look different than what other people consider to be a traditional business, but 
you can do the exact same things that these other business owners are doing and you can connect with people and you can grow and find the people that you need in your life to help you get to the point that you want to get to, which it sounds like you have done that and you found people to really help you along the way. Right. Yes, exactly. I I could not be in a position that I'm in right now um, with the store opening without having put in the work and networking for years and years. When I tell you I could not, um, that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't really touch on this yet, but marketing your business because marketing for a consignment client does play into part into your consignment store, but how are you kind of shifting your marketing and your approach and your social media accounts to now market to the masses of the people that are in your community or at the neighboring communities to have them get them excited and have them come into your, your store when it opens soon. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I, that is really just started. I wanted to make it like, we just signed the lease like a week or two ago. So like now I feel like I can officially, officially say it. I obviously was still marketing. Um, yeah. I am means a social media guru. Like I said, in the very beginning, <laughs> I just got Instagram like two and a half years ago. So I am no pro when it comes to that. Um, but you know, you watch other business. So where did I hear this? Um, it might've been like masterclass or something, but, um, they said, okay, if you want to know like how to put out content or how to reach customers in your industry, take inspiration from people in your industry, right? So look at what's doing well with other consignment boutiques. So I did that. I did my research and I got to tell you, nobody's really doing it well. Um, so that was, that proved to be, you know, okay, well, mm-hmm. uh, I don't have a lot of competition here um, anyway. So um yeah, we've all walked into plenty of consignment stores and you're just like, I don't even know what's happening here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's <laughs> some of the some of the things I came across on social media pages for consignment boutiques. I'm like, ooh, okay, no wonder that didn't, you know, get a bunch of <laughs> engagement. It's, yeah, um, but I, I do want to keep the content that I am pushing out for my Instagram and Facebook pages for the business. I have to do it. I have to do two things, right? I have to be selling the items. Um, and then I, and letting people know, Hey, you can purchase from me as well, but then also, mm-hmm. Hey, I can help you sell. So it's, I'm, I'm marketing for consignment clients, but I'm also marketing to sell those items. Right. Um, so just, you know, having fun doing reels, I'm not putting too much pressure on myself because like I said, nobody else is really doing it well anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, but I am doing, um, my first in-person event, which is a pop-up event at, um, in my town, they do this every year. So it's a, it's a very small town and it's a beach community. So, um, basically after Labor Day, things get kind of sleepy. So basically they put on this street fair, there's vendors, there's, they shut down the street, there's food, there's music. Um, so I have a booth and that's kind of, but kind of be my like, Hey town. I'm here. Here I am. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) How are you prepping for, for this pop-up? Because I think a lot of people are getting more and more curious about pop-ups and how they can go about finding them and doing them. And like, what do I need? What does that look like? So can you kind of break that down for our listeners? Yeah. Uh, I'm learning that it's, you need a, you, it's a lot of work. It is um, a lot. It is a it lot is. of work and it's, you know, this will be a good transition and I will learn things definitely at this event that I will need to take into when the store actually opens. Cause there's something so different about having your clothes be online versus having your clothes be and or items or whatever you're selling in person. Right. So mm-hmm. I had racks. Um, 
the clothing racks. Um, and it's, we're on the beach, so it's like windy. So I have to think about like, how are these going to stand up? Are they? And I didn't want to spend too much money because it's my first year and I don't, I don't even know what to expect. I don't know what kind of people are going to be there. Um, and then you have to think about all sizes, right? Because that is my goal with the shop is anybody that comes into my store, um, when it is open, I want everybody to feel like they're welcome, which means all price points and all sizes. Mm -hmm. And when I was just thrifting, you know, sometimes you think about size, right? Hey, I might not want to pick up this double zero pair of jeans or maybe a size five shoe or whatever. Um, but not to the extent where you think about like, okay, I need to make sure I have really a good variety of dresses, jeans, all of that stuff that people might want in all sizes. So I started, I set up the racks in my living room. It was a disaster. Um, I set up all the racks. I started hanging clothes that I just basically my best pieces. I want to showcase my best pieces. Um, a lot of them are from my consignment clients too, because I want to make sure as their consignment periods ending, like these get sold. Yeah. Um, and I also want people that come in to, to, to understand, like if they were to consign with me, like what kinds of brands I accept. Right. So I don't want to have lower end brands and people be like, Oh, I can send her my, you know, Walmart stuff. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, all of that to think about. Um, so racks, obviously you have to have enough hangers, which luckily I just did. Cause apparently I'm a hanger hoarder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had enough hangers. Now eventually I'll get all matching, but for this purposes, I'm just going to use regular hangers. Yeah. Um, I had to tag everything, which yeah. was a beast. I had to get a thermal printer. I never even had a thermal printer. Um, so like, there's a lot that goes into it. I would say I need, I needed a full, like basically four days, um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday to work on getting all that stuff ready. And now I have everything in bins separated by size so that when we get to the event to set up, yeah. set up the racks and we know what sizes to go on what. So we'll see what happens. And then I needed like, you know, you need a payment processing thing. You I was going to say payment oh. processing is like the biggest mm-hmm. thing that you need yeah. to, you need to look into. Part. There's so many options, but you have to really now, because you're opening up a storefront, you need to really think about what, what am I going to transition over to my storefront? And can I just use that for this pop-up? What does that look like? What kind of attachments do I need? Like, what do I need? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I actually have a website and it's through Shopify. So mm-hmm. I, which I love because, and the reason I even went to Shopify was because of Vendu. I use Vendu to cross list and you can, you, you can, um, upload your items from Vendu mm-hmm. to Shopify. So in, mm-hmm. again, I am not the most tech savvy person. Um, mm-hmm. I could, I, I made my own website on Shopify. Like I did it myself. Like it's very easy to do. It's actually very affordable. Um, but you know, again, if you're a business and people Google you, you, they want to find a bit, they want to find a website. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did that. And so it's through Shopify. So Shopify has like integrated payment options. You can order. I just ordered the chip reader for now, just for the pop-up mm-hmm. event. Um, it works great. Um, so yeah, but a lot to think about. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think something else that people don't think about too. And I'd love to hear your take on is like the aesthetic. Right. The, like, you know, when we, when we think about our pictures, you know, sometimes people will put creativity into it. Some, most people don't, right. Cause they say just a white background is fine, but a white background isn't really going to work right in real life. So, so how did that look for you too? Like, you know, trying to figure out what is your style, right? What is your pop-up tent going to look like? What's your store going to look like? You do have to think about all that as well, right? Oh gosh, you do. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the pop-up tent, um, I'd have a 10 by 10, like one of those tailgating tents. So that's not really that pretty, but, um, 
you know, really the clothes are going to be the feature, right? I have amazing prints. Um, I just want that to be the focus, but I also, and what's also going to be in the store, I'm using this as a marketing piece, which I'm really excited about. So I found this in the thrift store. It was over by you, Danielle, um, a peacock chair. And I can't so, believe you found that in my area, number one. I, know, I hate I you for it. finding that. Oh, oh my gosh. It was <laughs> I would so love exciting. one of those. <laughs> I like turn the corner. I'm like, oh, I need to go run and get a cart. Like I didn't even have a cart. <laughs> How do I transport this? <laughs> yeah, it's very light actually. But um, so that is going to be featured in the shop as well when I open. And it's going to be a place really to, for people to take pictures. That'll be good for social media advertising. Love that. Having like an Instagram wall or something, yes, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm gonna have the peacock chair at the event um for people to t- again take pictures in. Um, and I actually um I'm gonna create like a bo- you know those balloon arches. Yeah, so yes. I'll have a balloon arch on the chair, it'll look really nice. Um so yeah, just trying to make it fun. And then I am you're gonna have a that. sign with your logo on it so they can hold up your sign. So I no, I, I'm going to do an Instagram contest. So if basically okay. if you like follow me or tag or whatever, um, I'll give you a gift card essentially. Gotcha. So I am going to be doing it to generate, you know, traction on social media, but I just want it to be fun for people to, you know, if they see that to stop by and feel like they can interact. So, so yeah, I would say having something fun, you know, to draw people in, because again, like, I don't know what to expect with this event. I've never done it. I don't know if people are going to want Madewell jeans or, you know, like Zara. I, I, I don't, it, it, this is actually a very like, older town mm. so um I guess I worry maybe they have like grandchildren coming to visit <laughs> right but that's the other thing like I really want to I'm you know younger I'm in my mid-30s and I want people my age younger and a little bit older to love it here and to stay here um you know I grew up in very rural rural Maine it, it, and it for me growing up there was nowhere to shop we had like JC Penny and that was it. Like yeah. it was a big to do to go to the mall. Like, you know, and so this town really reminds me a lot of that. Even though mm-hmm. we're so close to Boston, it is very like off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble you have to travel far to shop. And so, um, I want it to be like a destination where people, my age, younger people, even older people like want to stay here and love it because I love this town so much. I love that. I love love that. that. Yeah. That you're like wanting to also like, not only, you know, have this business for yourself, but help the community grow too, which is really, that's awesome. It's really exciting to hear. Well, we're very excited. Yeah. Yeah. People were like, Oh, Hi, who are you? You know, you're young. What are you doing here? I think I think we're gonna see that more and more often. I think that that is going to become more of the norm because so many more people are now working from home, working remote, having you know their own business, and location isn't such a huge factor anymore for a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. I I know here out in California, there is a mass migration out here of people who are headed to. Idaho, like, you know what I mean? Colorado, like Nevada, like 
Texas, like all these different places um, and not necessarily the normal places that you would think, you know, of like, oh, she's going to go to Nevada. So she's going to go to like Las Vegas. Like, no, like, you know, they're moving to like a really small town in the middle of nowhere because that's what they want to have because they can run their business from anywhere. You know, so that is definitely, I think, a big change that's happening. So I think you're, you're helping with that change. Like you said, as new people come in, being able to have a destination place for people, people to shop. And, and like you said, and and also part of what you'll be doing with your business is educating too, because like you said, just because you're a little bit older, doesn't mean that you can't rock a pair of Zara jeans, right? It's true. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I'm just super excited. I think, I mean, there's literally, like I said, it took me about a year of living here to realize we even had a thrift store and that's the only other place to buy clothes. And you have to go, I mean, probably 20 minutes. And then it's like an outdoor mall, which is like, you know, there's a, there's a whole foods in it. So if that tells you like the level of the tier of, of it's a nice yeah. mall, but it's, you're, you know, you're paying a premium and I want to have really affordable options. Um, and just really, like I said, be a destination for people that are from here, but are vis- or are visiting. And like, they feel like I don't have to leave. Um, this is a great place. So. Well, I think uh, you're I- doing all the right things. I think so too. I think so too. I do have one more question that I think that our our listeners would be curious about. So how are you right now when you're, I know you're acquiring, you're going to a lot of inventory, right? Because obviously having a store, right, you're going to need a lot more stuff, I would assume than you would normally have like in your house, you know, like, cause I know we hear a lot of people can, you know, have anywhere from, I hear 300 items to like 1200 items or whatever. So what is that looking for you? Have you had to really increase your volume than what you normally were doing before when you were just doing online? Well, that's a good question. So the store's pretty small, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want it to feel really easy, breezy, not jam packed. So my interior designer is working on that now. Um, I think that most of my sales will still probably come online from online, um, you know, um, e-commerce. So, um, my plan right now is to, I want to be able to accept as much, obviously consignment as I can. Right. And then move that quickly. So I'm not as concerned necessarily about what's on the floor in the actual store. I am going to have a storage, um, area in the store. It's it'll be sectioned off. It'll be a separate room where I'll have tubs and totes. So the extra stuff that, you know, the other piece that's going to set me apart is like, I'm going to be willing to accept, um, like winter stuff in summer, right? Like I just sold a wool coat, um, like in July for like hundred dollars. So that's the other benefit of online, right? Because you're reaching a wider audience. Weather is different everywhere. I'm obviously not going to put that out on the floor in August in the store, but it'll mm-hmm. still be, you know, available online for sale. So as things sell in the storefront, I will pull them from the bins and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's funny you asked about like, like storage and, and what inventory I'm going to need. There's a, again, doing my research, my market research, um, there's a consignment store, probably it's the closest one to us. So it's probably like 12 minutes away or something. It's very cute. They, they carry a lot of the same brands that I would carry. Um, but I would say probably their shop is about half the size, um, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit bigger than mine will be. Um, and there was a lady that came in she was like, oh, I didn't know you to get to consignment. They're about a year old. And they're like, yeah, but actually we're not accepting new consignment clients right now because we don't have the space for the clothes. Wow. But they, they don't sell online. Right. So yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. my things are going to move quicker. And so I'll be able to take in more clients. Right. That, that's yeah. I think yeah. that that's the benefit of having an online presence and having the storefront is whatever 
you're selling in the store, you're also putting online. So you yeah. have, it's, it's selling in two different, multiple places, she didn't say two different places, because it's going to be cross-listed at different places as well. So it may take six months to sell in the traditional brick and mortar store, but it might only take 30 days to sell online. So right. like you mm-hmm. have that leeway, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. that is nice. Nice. I want to talk about one more thing before we ask you the last question and it's whatnot, because I know that you have used whatnot to move your consignment clients items before their time with you is up for that consignment period. Um, Can you kind of give people an idea of how you're using whatnot and what that's looked like for you? Yeah, I thought, you know, hey, you know, what do I do with that was my biggest challenge, like, right, like, okay, so the stuff that I don't accept, like, what do I do with that? Do I get, do I say, Hey, you can have it back. Do I, then do I drive it to their house? Do I ship it to them? Do they have to pick it up? Like, so I was like, okay, I'm going to give my clients the option of doing that. But I actually joined a consignment, like again, networking, a consignment, like Facebook group or whatever. Um, and I asked the question, like, what do you do with that stuff that you don't accept? Um, and people are like, I give my clients the option to take it. They have seven days, nine times out of 10, nobody wants it back. Okay. Um, so then I have this just, you know, I probably had from, from one of my clients, I probably had 30 items that were, you know, they were in good condition, but they just weren't worth my time to resell. Um, so I thought, oh, maybe I'll use whatnot as a way to really offload that inventory. Um, I'll make a couple bucks, but, um, I won't have to send it to thread up. Like it'll be easy peasy out of my way. I'll make a couple bucks and somebody else can, that, that clothing can live on. Right. Instead of like, if I donated that, (laughs) we all know that. Saver is going to mark that up to 1350. Right. Somebody exactly. Says, a budget, I can sell that on whatnot for literally $1 and it's going to make somebody happy. So last night I actually, I did a show that was that show. And I literally went through the trash bag and I couldn't even remember it had been so long. I was like, I don't even know what's in here, <laughs> but we're going to go <laughs> it. I had 30 things. And it was really cute because, you know, things sold. I, I think I sold like maybe I had 35 things and 30 sold like four nice. things, sell, which I'll obviously donate. But not for high amounts, but it was really cute because this one lady that she bought maybe 10 items and spent like 30 bucks, like she did not spend a lot of money. And she was like, thank Mm -hmm. you so much. Uh, That was a really great way for me to buy school clothes for my daughter. And so I was like, that is awesome. I love being able to give the opportunity to someone to get something at really, really low cost, like even lower than you'd get at a thrift store, honestly. Yeah. So she paid literally. Well, you said right now it's getting tougher. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like three dollars uh-huh. an item, like yeah, you can't get that. You can't even get that right, exactly. So um, that was really really nice. Um, and then I also asked, you know, at what point? So after the consignment, so I do a ninety day consignment period. You know, what happens with the stuff that doesn't sell? Um, again, so I do give my clients the option to pick it up. They have seven days after their period ends to pick that up. What people are telling me is that most people do not pick it up. So again, I will offload that stuff. Um, on whatnot. Cause I need to make room for more inventory. So that's really kind of the plan, um, right now. And it's fun. Um, I think mm-hmm. as far as what I'm seeing from whatnot, I don't think I could just with my cost of goods, I don't think I could do it like full on reselling whatnot. Do you know what I mean? But it's yep. fun to be able to sell things for a dollar. Right. So yeah, I didn't pay for them. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's kind of my stance on it too, is I mean, you know, because you live near me, but we're paying a premium for a lot of things that we're selling online, like a lot more than what people I think realize that we're paying for some yeah. items. And, and the bins are still not open, right? 
No, no, they're not. I have never, I have never lived in Massachusetts. I don't think while the Boston bins have been open. Like, (gasps) no, because when you moved, they shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) That's where people in Boston got really cheap in. You know that. I mean, there's other, I mean, I know there's like, there's very few places now. But there's very few places. Yeah. yeah. Very few Mm -hmm. places. I'm Um, not a bin shopper, honestly. I'm not either. I want to be. But yeah, but that's the thing, Danielle. We're super curated. It's like it's yeah. really hard for us to do that kind of shopping, which is why our cost of goods is higher. And right. we like going to all the different stores that are in Boston because we can get the pieces that we want. Yeah, we're paying more money, but like we're getting what we really want. I mean, this is I don't know. I was all, all about it. Pesos. I was all about it. You I'm loved like, it. Throw me into that bin, baby, and I'll go fishing. Uh, See, I do think that you can do really well and whatnot if you source from the bins or yes. if you have a very large following because yes. the more people you have in your show, they're of course going to bid it up, bid it up. But for me, I don't have a large following, which is totally fine. But if I only have 20 people on my show, the chances of multiple yeah. people liking the same item, right. And bidding that up, it's just, it's slim to none. So I yeah. think people are kind of figuring that out right now. And sellers are figuring that out. Like, where do I start things? And, um, I will say it can be a good place to source. Um, I have guns. Mm, I've heard this. Good deals. Um, I, I bought a Barefoot Dreams sweater because I was sourcing for plus size for my pop-up. Um, and I'm, I'm now I'm being very productive with my plus size stuff. Like I got an offer for an Everlane bodysuit and an XL. And I was like, no, I, like, normally I would have accepted it, but I was like, no, I need that for my pop-up. Full price or not, woman. Yes, exactly. Um, so I did buy like a, on whatnot, I bought a barefoot dream sweater and a three X or for like 17 bucks, like including shipping. And all That's that. a really good price. Yeah. And I still, it's only mm-hmm. one day for like 55 on eBay. So, you know, nice. there are some deals to be had over there for sourcing. So, you know, if that's somebody's challenge, that can be a good place. That's a good, good point. Before we close it out, we're going to ask you one more question. Where do you see yourself now with all these new business ventures that you have going on? Where do you see yourself in five years time? What's like, what is Danielle's goal? Oh, well, um, I did set a five-year lease on the- Oh, okay. Well, there you go. (laughs) That's pretty much- There's that. Yeah. Uh, Get through the lease. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, I would love to have, um, obviously a successful consignment store. I I would love to have- employees, my thought process would be to have somebody who really just focuses on the customers that are in store and the in-store sales and like a consignment kind of client manager, if you will. And then, um, kind of an e-commerce, maybe social media manager. So two full-time positions, and then somebody, maybe a couple of people part-time to actually run the store. Um, because I think the one thing that I am going to miss, right. If it for in the beginning, it's just going to be me. Like I'm going to be manning the store while it's open and doing everything, which is fine. Um, but I, that means I won't have time to really source. Right. So I think I am going to miss that aspect of it. And I would like to be able to still pick out curated pieces for the store that I find. Um, because again, it's so fruitful over here, you know, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that would eventually be the goal. So some, at some point where I can hire and have kind of people really managing the store, um, and then I can kind of sit back and from, from afar and sort of manage over that. Um, that's the plan. Well, we are excited for you. We can't wait. When Jen comes out, we'll, we will both 100%. come out and we'll visit we will. at the same time. Yes, you'll have we're to close down the store for us. We'll get crazy. Yeah, <laughs> we're, um, we're shooting for a, uh, it's still, it's new construction, so it has to be built, but um, we're shooting for a mid-January 
uh, launch. So oh yeah, I'm gonna be there. Stay tuned. Super excited. We will make sure to have all Danielle's information in the description and the show notes so you guys can check her out, follow her on social media, follow her journey as she gets this consignment store up and running. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for doing this with us. This was fun to sit down and chat with you and just get to learn more about your story and where where you're going. It's very exciting. We're very excited to watch your journey and we would love to have you, you know, come back. Yes. you know, on this and, and just talk to us about like, you know, after a year or so and like your lessons learned and, you know, and, and how you're doing. I think that our listeners are going to be really curious because I think that there are more than a few that are interested in like, you know, have this idea in their mind, because like you said, like there's a lot of people out there doing this right now, but they're not doing it really well. And I think it's because resellers, people who have been doing this online have an edge. You have a competitive edge on this, you know? So yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you can come back anytime, anytime, anytime. (laughs) Open invitation. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with another episode. Bye, everyone. Bye.